I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You know, and I said this to him the other day. If you catch that in there, it was a very slick little smack at me. Shay Cornette that Chris Canty had right there. And when I said, I don't want to host Jeopardy, and he said, you actually have to be smart to host Jeopardy. <laughs> I picked up on that. Yeah, I didn't but pick then it up I thought to myself, <laughs> But then I thought to myself, do you, though? Because you have all the answers in front of you or in your ear. But the problem, I think, is the pronunciation of some of the questions. Maybe that requires a little extra IQ in the bag. I don't know. But I, I didn't necessarily agree with that comment. So don't take no, it No, and like I was a big Trebek guy. But how crushing would it be to find out that Alex Trebek was actually a moron? Like, I can't even that imagine be, that was the case. Yeah, that would be rough. That yeah, would, Ken be, Jennings, that'd be a little rough. I don't want to know that Ken Jennings is a moron. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't stupid. He's filled with drama, but he's not stupid. Yeah. I don't know if he's Jeopardy smart, but still. I, I yeah, but you can fake that. Yeah, see, I don't yes. think you need to be wicked wicked smart. I think you just have to, you know, have the right, know how to fake it till you make it, which in this job sometimes, Garland, I know we know how to do. Oh, there's no question. <laughs> it is Canty and Garland on ESPN Radio, Series 6 M Channel 80. Chris Carlin, Shea Cornette. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, a lot of talk today about super teams, but there's also the big story leading up to the uh, NBA draft on Thursday night about Zion Williamson and what his future holds down in New Orleans. Now, yesterday I was filling in for Greeny, and we had Woj on, and Woj said he would be surprised if Zion Williamson got moved by the start of the draft tomorrow night or during the draft, and did not think that Williamson himself would be enough to get into the top three of the draft. Now, having said that, the talent is still there. ESPN draft analyst uh, Jonathan Gaboni was on with us earlier. We asked him about that question and said the exact same thing, that the talent is always something that's going to make you want to pursue somebody like that. If you're where the Pelicans are right now with a chance to contend, would you want to make that trade with Williamson with everything you've put into him over the last four years, Shay? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't, but I think that they will. And I think, I actually think that they should. Um, if I was running the Pelicans, no, I would never want to trip part with that talent. And actually just to take it a step further with what Gavoni told us is outside of Victor Wembanyama, Zion still would be the best talent in this draft. Again, outside of Victor and, and Gavoni has covered these guys. It doesn't matter where Victor's from. He's covered all of them inside and out. And so I think that tells you everything you need to know about how good Zion Williamson is as a player. I mean, the truth is the Pelicans are a much better basketball team with him on the court. The problem is him staying on the court. And that's in terms of their record, in terms of their rebounds, in terms of the way they score points in the paint, all of the above. But when you're only paying 30 to 40% of the games and you've had injuries all over your body since the day you got there, you've had issues with keeping your weight down and staying in shape. And there's always kind of been this disconnect with the Pelicans from jump. From the year we knew he was going into the NBA and he was leaving Duke, there's always been kind of this negative thing with him and the Pelicans and the city of New Orleans for whatever reason 
season. And to me, it just feels like Zion would thrive and do better under different circumstances and in a change of scenery. I don't think the Pelicans have proven that that is the spot for him. I don't know that they're the best run organization at this point. At least they haven't proven that. And so I do think that Zion would be better suited somewhere else. Look, Zion is clearly somebody that needs to grow up a little bit with everything that's gone on off the court. I agree. Uh, recently, but also what what is his sports character right now? I mean, Graney was talking about this uh, earlier today, and I think it's a fascinating discussion when you were trying to figure out exactly what Zion Williamson is. Take a listen to Graney talking about whether or not Zion Williamson actually wants to be great. It isn't a criticism of his character. It doesn't make him a bad person. But it probably means he's never going to be what all of us can see he might be. And that's where I think they are. And if, if, if I'm closer to the situation, if I'm someone who works there, then I know that better than I have the ability to know it right now. I'm sitting here a thousand miles away or whatever it is. I can't tell you this with any degree of certainty, but that is most certainly the way it looks from where I'm sitting. And if that's the way I think it is, then I'm going to make him someone else's problem. And I get that. I get that mentality. I just don't want to make him somebody else's problem for nothing, right? I I have to – maybe I'm going to be too married to it right now, but I I have to get a value that I think is commensurate with at least the effort I have put into him over the last few years. And that's going to change if it gets worse, right? Then you there is a time when you have to abandon that, and it's not all that far off. But I think I don't think that time is here quite yet. Uh, Carlin, if you were going, if you were running a team right now, which star that was in that draft? Zion went one, Ja went two. Which star do you think have, you have a better chance of winning a championship with? Uh, I don't ja, know. Ja, Ja, <laughs> combined them. Is it yeah. Zion or is it Ja? I don't know. They've both had their issues, and it feels like both issues are kind of fixable. Like Ja, yes. He's just got to get on the right path and want to help himself and all the things. Zion, maybe he just needs new trainers and he wants to help himself. And he, you know, when he's on, he'll get more TikTok, you know, <laughs> get mm. more tick, if you will. So I feel like they're both kind of fixable, but yet it still feels like that draft that had so much promise. And for two stars that we thought were really going to elevate their respective teams, man, they, it's, a, it's a complex question. If you're asking me right now, which one would I rather have to win a championship? Yeah, my answer is no. Neither. <laughs> no. You know, honestly, that's it. I don't yeah. know that I can feel great about either of those guys. I am willing to roll the dice on what Zion Williamson has done. Right now, the John Morant stuff would frankly bother me too much that I would need an awful lot of evidence to show that he's headed in the right direction before I'm going to buy in on that one. Zion is about staying healthy. Stupid decision off the court recently, but he's about staying healthy, and he is about, frankly, finding a way to play through some injury. I'm curious about that. You know, Greeny said it doesn't make you a bad guy. Here's Lewis Riddick on Get Up Today about Zion's 
basketball character. Basketball character means this. Does he love the game? Does he want to commit to the game? Does he want to commit to his nutrition? Does he want to commit to taking his, games to the, to his game to the next level? Does he want to set an example for everyone else, despite the fact that he has the security, he has the money? Does he want to be that forward-facing individual that puts the organization on his back and accept that responsibility? Well, to me, it sounds like the answer is no, 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 and no. So those kind of guys... When you juxtapose them with guys who have personal character issues, meaning they're hanging around the wrong people, making bad decisions off off the field, off the court, you know, maybe just being young and immature and dumb. I will give the benefit of the doubt to the guys who have personal character issues, who you can work with as far as their maturity, much more so than I will tolerate or I can tolerate guys who just don't care. And that's a guy that's been in the front office of some NFL teams. That's, I mean, that's a very, very interesting take on it. And I get it. I get. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Yeah, same. Um, although I, I think I would lead more towards Jaw too than I would with Zion. But I don't think Zion's never going to be great. I just think he needs a new environment. And I truly, I truly believe a little bit of this is on the trainers. I haven't. I've been around. Um, you know, when I was working in Chicago, Carlin, I was around that Bulls facility all the time. And there are some guys that choose to spend a lot of time with their nutritionists and trainers, and there are some guys that don't. And and it, I think that's upon upon uh, Zion to to want to want to do that. But I also I think it's on the organization to push him to do that and say this will help you, this will benefit you. You've got to commit to it. Like enforce the fact that this is all encompassing. And maybe that just hasn't gotten through to him yet. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should the Pelicans continue to ride Zion, or do they trade him before the draft? Let's hit the phones. Randy is in Brooklyn on ESPN Radio. Randy, what do you think, bud? Good evening to you both. I just wanted to piggyback off of her comment on Zion Williamson. Um, I feel since the moment the draft lottery happened, he was disinterested completely in going to New Orleans. There was so much hoopla about the Knicks getting that number one pick. And when it didn't turn out that way, I feel he was completely discouraged by that and that alone. I also feel injuries are going to happen, but I don't think he's been as injured as they've made it out. I think he's been trying to preserve himself somewhat to go to another location. Just like the past playoffs where he said, oh, I'm healthy to play, but I don't feel like Zion yet. That's him saying, I'm not going to destroy myself or potentially hurt myself in order to uh, uh, help a franchise that I'm not even going to stick with. I think we're losing him. Yeah, I think he broke up there. Listen, Mm -hmm. for me, I I, I get where Lewis Riddick was coming from on this, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. This this talent is just too good for me to give up on at 23 years old. And maturity is an issue for both of those guys. Yes. Are there guys who figured out in their career that, yes, if I want to be a great, great player, I have to change what I'm doing? There absolutely have been. Does he want to be that guy? I mean, he he's... <laughs> The motivation to be that guy hasn't necessarily been there because he did already get the max contract. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I, I would take a shot on him, and I would hope that it would be um, a, a difference-making chance. When I when I say take a shot, like I still believe in him enough to have him try to be a cornerstone piece uh, of my organization because we are just 
too early in the game to give up on him. I mean, he's 23 years old. You said it. And when you put it when you put it in that context, like, you forget how young of a player this is. You know what I mean? 23 years old, you're a child. You're a baby. I mean, Ja, too. Look, they're grown enough to make the right decisions, but yet it's still a learning process. And so I do think, like, the Pelicans, I, I, I would hate for them to let this talent walk out the door, but I do think it would be the best thing for Zion Williamson as a whole. And to go back to it, yeah, like, don't you remember, Carlin, like, right around the draft lottery, it's like, should he go back to Duke so that he doesn't have to go to New Orleans? And Zion Williamson's family, the headline wants out of New, wants him out of New Orleans. Like, there was never this happy, elated, can't wait to be in the league, doesn't matter where I go. There was none of that, it felt like, when Zion, when it was announced that that's where he was going. Because he thought he was maybe going to New York or to Phoenix or – I think Atlanta was in the mix. Like those were the spots where he thought he was going to land. Yeah, and he he it, it always seemed like he wanted to specifically be in New York. Yeah, and even when he played with the Pelicans in New York uh, after a game uh, in a regular season a couple of years ago, I believe it was 2021, he was asked about the possibility and just started beaming. Basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dave is up next. Miami, Florida on ESPN Radio. Dave, what do you got, dude? Hey guys, sorry, I was calling to talk about the uh, super team issue. Sure, go. My honest opinion on it is that the super teams are generally, or the successful ones anyway, are because of anomalies or loopholes in an existing CBA. So if you look at it, Boston, and to a greater uh, extent Miami, only occurred under the old CBA, or maybe two CBAs now ago. But um, the Durant Warriors, the other really successful one in the last 10 years, happened during that raise in the cap that was unprecedented. And and also, like, my argument there would be, before we let you go, Dave, is that when you're uh, a team that has already won a championship, I think that they probably would have won those two without Durant. It would have been competitive. My my assertion generally is that without something crazy happening in the cap, you would have been left with studs and duds, and that just doesn't play in the current NBA where you need depth and you're just financially too heavily punished for having that many big contracts. Listen. So if you look at- oh, we lost you there for a second. Hey, listen, if if you um, want to talk about the, the financial aspects of it, I, I get it when you are tying that in at the end with uh, how that played out. For me, right now, if you are putting these three massive contracts together in Phoenix – you are leaving yourself with already having to get rid of DeAndre Ayton uh, on a max contract that nobody seems to want, Shay. You have put yourself in a position where you have to just sign veteran minimum guys to fill out the rest of your roster, and that's silly. Yeah, like in looking at the reaction from other teams not taking on Bradley Beal's contract, like a big reason why they didn't want it was because of the luxury tax. Like there is a reason this guy had a contract that no one else, no other active player in the NBA had, not only because of the stipulations and the things he was allowed to do, which I think partly was because of the relationship he had with ownership and with the GM, with the Wizards, but also because of the amount of money. And also, furthermore, there's a reason he stayed in D.C. for so long, and it wasn't because they were winning championships. It's because he was getting paid handsomely to go and be average. And I'm not saying that that makes him want to be average forever. He was, he was happy there. He was part of the community. He was part of you know the face of the organization. He's a loyal guy. Like, I understand it. Trust me. But 
I also understand that there's a reason that that is a kind of contract that no one wants to take on. And now the Phoenix Suns have that and some more, and they have an, they're have they very top-heavy. They desperately need some help on the bench, and now you don't have a lot of money to work with in order to go do it. I have to tell you, just as a brief aside, I just looked up at my TV, mm-hmm. and I see Victor Webanyama is out at Yankee Stadium. Yes, I told you. Did you see the baseball in his hand? I, I did. So he's wearing a Joe DiMaggio jersey, which is cool enough. He's towering over everybody at seven foot five. The baseball in his hand is the equivalent of a golf ball in a normal person's hand. It is. And maybe a marble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A marble might be more yeah. It's like yeah. a ping pong ball in someone's hand. I mean it, it, he doesn't even like have to throw to it children. from so he's out there to throw out the first pitch. He doesn't even have to throw it. He can hand it to them from the mound. Mm-hmm. He's huge. He I'm, okay. Jordan is six eight, and like I forget how tall he is sometimes. Like I'm like people are like, oh my god, I can't believe how tall your husband is. I'm like, okay, fine. Like Canty's six, six eight. Wait, right? Like six seven. Canty's like, six he's eight. Big guy. Yeah. yeah, like they're big dudes, and yes, they're big. But like I whatever. But Victor would make them look small, which makes me feel like that's insane. What is he seven five? He's Carla? seven foot five. Car- seven. F- and he's a, a string bean. And you'd assume yes. he'd probably put on some 220 in the some pounds right now. Yeah, he's a string bean. So he'll put on some weight in the league, which will make him even larger looking. But uh, yeah, he he looks like he's sta- he's taking pictures with adults and it looks like they're 5 years old. Uh, people the ball, standing around him. I just saw the the picture of the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. And it the ball has pretty much disappeared for the most part so in his hand. He... His fingers are so long like I wonder what the hell the spin rate is on that I when know. that guy tries to throw a curveball. You know how, like, you, you do the okay sign with your hand? Like, yeah. that's what the ball looks like, like, in his hand. Like, he could put the baseball, like, oh, the yeah. okay sign in his hand. That's, if I could, like, explain it on radio, that's what it looks like. It's insane. Roland is up next on ESPN Radio. Roland, what do you think, dude? Uh, yeah, I was calling about the super team uh, issue, and, I think that we're biased with the past few years with the Raptors and the Bucks and the offshoot teams, the Lakers in the bubble. But if you look back over 20 and maybe even 30 years, all the NBA champions have two or three Hall of Famers and then a Hall of Fame coach. And so to me, super teams have been around and they do work because you've got Hall of Famers in multiples plus Hall of Fame coaches making up these super teams. Listen, I mean, the Hall of Fame coaches part of it, there's no question. Shea was talking about this earlier. The the idea that you can have somebody like Eric Spolstra and you can throw anybody at him and he is going to make it work. Steve Kerr. It's rare. Yeah, yeah, Steve Kerr's in that category. Yeah. Steve Kerr got them turned around. They had most of the talent in place already. And Steve Kerr got them turned around. It got them, I shouldn't say turned around, but over the hump that Mark Jackson couldn't get them over. Yeah. There's not, I mean, the list isn't very long. Let's just say that. Still there, buddy? Roland, you there? You all calling a super team. Say that again? Yes, I'm here. I guess I don't know what you all are calling a super team. The super team, to by, by our definition. All the famers up and down all these teams. No, I understand that. What we're talking about with a super team, from a definition that we're putting out there, is the team that has been put together through free agency, through trades, that wasn't one that grew up together like the Golden State Warriors did. And if we're going to talk about the Warriors being a super team when they added Durant, my contention has been, uh, even though you can't prove it, that they would have won a championship uh, in each of the two years that they did with Durant without him because they already had, and they did after he was gone. 
you look at LeBron. It was a super team that they brought together when they brought Bosch and Wade was already there and re-signed there because, and that worked because LeBron is the second greatest player of all time. Right, so, and the Celtics worked when they added on. They did it in 08, but like for me, they did it with with Garnett and then the Nets tried to do the same thing with Garnett and Paul Pierce later on, and it just didn't work. You know, it, it, here's the point. It worked once with the Celtics, and then it took LeBron for it to work. <laughs> True. It took LeBron, but I guess I, I'm, I'm counting teams. I didn't realize that you were not counting teams that came together. Now, uh, yeah, I, I should have done a better job of explaining that, and thanks for the call, but, Roland. Uh, I should have done a better job of explaining that, but... Uh, when you came up together, I don't think you can call yeah. it that. I agree. Uh, I just saw something on Twitter that was interesting to me, though. Going back to the honest discussion really quick, Carlin, mm. is the fact that uh, Kevin Garnett was on his podcast, I believe, and he basically was like, everyone needs to calm down about Zion Williamson because we were patient with Embiid and we were patient with Giannis, and no one complained about them, but now we're all quick to jump and move him out of New Orleans. Now, I, I want to, like, push back on Garnett, even though he's not on the radio with us. Like, those guys weren't constantly injured, though, and in and out of a lineup and couldn't, like, get a groove going with their respective teams. It was a talent issue yeah. around them that more was the issue in those cities, right? Yeah. No, I, I think that's more than fair. I think that's more than fair. Uh, right. Look, for me, with Garnett and the way it worked in Boston, it you know, with Ray Allen and with Paul Pierce, it was a perfect combination of the three. When you tried to do that with uh, the Nets and you tried to do it with Joe Johnson, it didn't work, and it was a complete disaster, and that's what the Phoenix situation feels like to me. It feels to me like this is going to be a ton of sacrifice of assets and uh, money for very little return. Canty mm-hmm. and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, Shea Cornette, in for Canty. So... The Pelicans and Zion, what does the future hold? And what happens out west with Dame Lillard, with the Lakers, with the Clippers? We check in on the West Coast in moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Fascinating to get the reactions in the basketball world to what went down with the Bradley Beal trade to add to Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, along with Shay Cornett. She is in for Canty today. We're pre- presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's welcome in ESPN NBA reporter Ohm Young Misuk. He joins us right now. Ohm, it's Chris and Shay. Let's just start here. What was your reaction upon uh, hearing of the trade, seeing the trade that was made by the Phoenix Suns? Uh, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, uh, I've been around Matt Ishby a little bit. Uh, I went to Michigan State. Uh, Matt Ishby obviously played on the 2000 National Championship team. Um, been around people who know Matt Ishbia. He wants to win. I mean, I saw in his face when they fell behind by 30 at halftime of their last game to the Denver Nuggets. I saw him walk off that floor at halftime with Mateen Cleaves who is kind of like his right-hand guy, former teammate on that team, on that Michigan State championship team, and he looked devastated. I mean, it was something where I knew Matt Ishbia was going to – this was going to sit with him for a long time. So – and I knew a lot of changes were coming for that organization as well. And, and not long after that, uh, you know, they, they changed head coaches. And so I, I could see something like this coming that he wants to go all in. He wants to win. He has basically traded in all of his draft capital – I, I don't think they're going to have any control over the draft for several years to come, but that's okay as long as this team contends. They should be able to fill out the roster, hopefully finding veterans who are going to want to come to win. Um, do they have a little bit of a hole at point guard? Yes. Uh, we'll have to see what Frank Vogel decides to do, whether or not he's going to go with campaign, or do they just say, Devin Booker, you're going to handle a little bit? And I, I do think Bradley Beal can be a playmaker as well. We saw him do that with the Wizards, but – I like this fit. I know some people are looking at this and being like, man, the Phoenix Suns are all in. and They don't have much depth around it. And there's still some question marks of whether or not they're good enough to challenge Denver. But I kind of like the star power they have. I think we still haven't seen what Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are totally capable of. I think Bradley Beal is a third option there. It looks great. And who knows what they do with DeAndre Ayton moving forward. But I do like what Phoenix has done with that trade. Well, um, after that trade, or within that trade, I should say, that sent Chris Paul, obviously, to Washington. A two-part question stink, but I'm going to ask you it anyways. Does Chris Paul play one play for the Wizards, and if not, where does he go? So, I, knowing Michael Winger the way I do, um, he's the former general manager of the L.A. Clippers. I spent a lot of time around the Clippers. Um, I think Winger is going to explore every option possible, and I think probably one of the options on the table is Chris Paul suiting up if they don't find a, a place for him. But uh, I would think that there, there is definitely a, there's definitely a market for Chris Paul. Uh, and if it doesn't happen via trade, which could be, you know, trades are more and more becoming more increasingly difficult with the new CBA, you know, and all the rules that are going to be put in place pretty soon. So, you know, for a team like the Clippers or for a team like the Lakers, it could be difficult making a trade or finding a partner or maybe trying to find a third partner but, you know, that doesn't mean that they can't work a buyout with Chris Paul and then Chris Paul can end up 
having his choice of places that he wants to go. And obviously Los Angeles has been a destination that's been mentioned uh, with Chris Paul's name a lot just because of, you know, his family and everything like that and how familiar he is and his ties to LeBron. And obviously he's a former Clipper and the Clippers certainly could be in the market for a point guard because we don't know what's going to happen with Russell Westbrook, who is going to be a free agent. The Clippers can only offer him the veteran minimum, which is going to be like somewhere around $3.8 million. Uh, my understanding is that, you know, Russell Westbrook's um, camp will be certainly open to seeing what's, what's on the market out there. And if they're able to find a team that offers him more than that, then Russ is going to have a decision to make. I do know that Russ is very happy um, having been with the, with the Clippers and how that worked out uh, that second half of the season. I mean, both sides are very happy with each other. It's just a matter of seeing what Russ's market's going to be and then see what decision Russ would make from there as well. Om Young Masuk, ESPN NBA reporter. Before we let you go, Om, you're around the Lakers so much. You were talking about Chris Paul there. Is there another option for the Lakers to add to this mix, whether it's, you know, they, I mean, there were early talks about Kyrie, but you don't know financially how can they could fit things. I mean, if you're, if you're the Lakers right now, what's the ideal situation for you to try to improve your standing in the Western Conference? Chris, I think it's. I think they're going to go with you know. It's certainly all indications of what it sounds like is that they really like this depth that they have and a lot of young talent around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Remember, we only got to see that for really just like a, a few months. Now, it wasn't really that long, and even even during those few months, LeBron was hurt for a little bit. So the fact that they made it to the playoffs and made it to the Western Conference Finals because they got off to such a rocky start. The team had Russell Westbrook on it up until, like, you know, February until the trade deadline. Um, I think they, they, they probably owe it to themselves to see this core, like, see how they do, and then try to add on from there, not really go star chasing and try to get that third star and then sacrifice all this young depth, um, especially with the new CBA and, the, and how, how restrictive these rules can be. They probably are looking at it like, well, let's let's see if we can hold on to this depth and maybe try to add on from there to, and be ready to pounce. That's the one thing I know about Rob Palenka ever since he took over uh, with Magic Johnson was that they always wanted to be like to have that flexibility that when somebody does become available, they can pounce if not by trade or by buyout or things like that. So um, I, I, my guess is that they would look and see it just keeping this kind of young core together and then seeing what other veterans, like, say, a Chris Paul or something like that, be, be, gets bought out and becomes a, a free to maybe sign. Oh, great stuff. Appreciate a few minutes, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Om Young Misuk, ESPN NBA reporter, joining us. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Shea Cornette in for Canty today. And one thing that I have heard an awful lot about is the uncanny ability of Shea Cornette to pick a home run hitter prop for the night. Let's go. Let's go. That's next. Canty and Carlin, we make you money on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. We really have one goal each and every day on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, and that goal is to make you money with the play of the day. So, Shea Cornette, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it as we hit the music. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm hitting the music and it's not firing. (laughs) Shay, it's time for the play of the day. There we go. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right. I have heard about Shea Cornett's uncanny (laughs) ability to pick a home run prop, and she has two for us this evening. Go. Okay, well, I think I'm going to lean more towards the one because I don't feel confident in my second one, which you know isn't a good sign, okay? Scared money don't make money. You know what I mean? I understand. I, I roll with it. All right, so I'm going Pete Alonzo tonight. I'm going to rely on y'all to give me the exact number because I'm not really looking at the number. I'm more going off a feel here. I'm going to Pete Alonzo tonight. He was activated um, 11 days after hurting that wrist. He's going to bat cleanup tonight. I feel good. The Mets average a home run a game, and I think tonight it is going to be by Alonzo. He's got something to prove. That's why he wants to come back so early after hurting that wrist. He's trying to boost those Mets, give him a little bit of help, and tonight's the night. Go Pete Alonzo. My second was going to be Ellie De La Cruz for the Reds, who are on a nine-game win streak. They are red hot. Joey Votto just went back into this lineup. But Ellie hasn't homered lately, and they're playing the Rockies at home. If this one was in Colorado, I'd feel a little bit better about it. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily leaning on Ellie as a power hitter yet. Therefore, a little iffy on it. Um, my second was going to be Ellie De La Cruz of the Reds. Not sure on that. I think I'd more lean Joey Votto than I would Ellie De La Cruz. Reds are hot, but I definitely would go Pete Alonso tonight. All right, so Pete Alonso is plus 360 this Thank evening you. to hit a home run. Pete Alonso plus 360. For those who are interested and just, you know, heard what they uh, heard a moment ago and thought, eh, I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, Joey Votto is plus 330, and plus 440 is Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah, more of a long shot, right? Because there you go. Because of the a fact little bit that more. A little bit more. That, that is your play of the night. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. 
Stockton Kings in the G League named Lindsey Harding as the team's new head coach and Anjali Ranadive as the general manager. It is the first time that two women will lead a G League affiliate and another move in the right direction. I cannot wait for Becky Hammond to get an opportunity in the NBA, and I'm wondering when that is coming. Yeah, it's coming. Um, we're going to get to a point, Carlin, where this is no longer news. And I yeah. can't wait for that day. Because right now, every time, um, you know, there's a female head coach in the NFL or in the NBA uh, of any kind, whether it's the G League or an NBA or whatever it is, it's news. And I feel like we're really close to this not being news. And I think Becky Hammond will be the last of the news. And I can't wait for that. And you're right. The opportunity is going to come. I was saddened when I saw the alert um not uh, saddened's the wrong word because I'm happy for what she's doing in the WNBA and obviously it resulted in a championship in her first year but uh I, I thought maybe she was on the path to getting that head coaching job maybe with the obviously not the Spurs because the pop is there but maybe being a coach in waiting or something or something in the NBA might click and I do think that day will come and it will be her but uh, I, I'm more so waiting for the day where this doesn't make three and out it doesn't make news and it's just something that we celebrate every day agreed Agreed wholeheartedly. Kyle Kuzma declined his option in Washington. He becomes a free agent. And then there's this. Earlier today, lunchtime, big lunch guy. Shocker, I know. Uh, (laughs) You know, I absolutely enjoyed the heck out of a grilled chicken wrap. And somehow, somehow, Shea Cornette comes back with a viral salad, which in every way just does not uh, sound appealing to me in the least. Listen, whenever everyone is posting about the same thing, I got to get on board. And I have seen this viral salad on my Instagram. So you're a sheep is what you're telling me. Sure, fine. I'll admit admit it when I'm a trend follower. I followed the trend. It's the – people are going to see it now. The sweet pepper, cucumber with the chili oil, the ginger sauce, and the everything but the bagel seasoning all mixed together. It's delicious. It's summery. It's crisp. Got flavor. All the things. It hit all the right notes, Carlin. I'm going to have it again tomorrow. And you should try it, too. Uh, I, There is no chance. First of all, I don't follow the trends. I set them. <laughs> oh, At least that's what I like to believe. And then secondly, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to follow a trend that has to do with making a salad viral? Oh, my God. I should know my audience better. No salad unless it's deep fried in chocolate sauce. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 